0: Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business and entrepreneurship. Each episode, we will bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners who are making waves in the marketplace. From sales strategies to marketing innovations, leadership insights, and effective lead generation, this is your go-to source for staying ahead in the business game. Now let's get equipped for success and get to today's episode. Before we get into today's episode of the Equipped Podcast, I wanna take this time and give a shout out to our two exclusive sponsors of today's show, Prospects and Mint Leads. Both of these organizations focus on lead generation and getting you qualified leads on your calendar that can convert to new business. And if you are running a business and you are finding yourself constantly in the hunt for growth opportunities, the key often lies in having access to qualified leads and that's where our sponsors come in. Prospects is a LinkedIn marketing organization that helps you with qualified leads but then helps you create content that convert. The team at Mint Leads helps you with your emails They help you get your emails opened and in front of the right people at the right time. If you would like more information about either of these organizations, head over to goprospect.com and schedule a call today. That's G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X dot com. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Equipped Podcast. My name is Lane Taylor, your host. We have an entrepreneur on the podcast today, very excited to share with you our guest today. And we're going to hop right into it. Um, our guest today is a fractional CMO. He helps specialize in helping clients build out cross channel acquisition systems using a mix of owned, earned, and paid tactic- tactics. He's been in the industry for 13 years, worked with companies to get this target, Shopify. implement performance marketing campaigns. So in other words, if you want to listen to what he has to say, his journey is going to be awesome. He owns and operates three businesses right now. We're going to talk about that, but uh, he's going to give himself a better introduction than I did. But everyone, please help me welcome to the show, Ryan Stewart. Ryan, welcome to the Equipped Podcast. Thanks for having me, Lynn. Give the listeners a little bit of rundown of who you are, and then, uh, of course, a better intro than I did. For sure. That was pretty good. I don't
1: know if I can top it, but- uh, I've been, I consider myself a marketing entrepreneur. Everything that I do for my businesses and for clients is marketing focused. So it's been about 15 years since I've been doing this. I got my start in big consulting, Accenture, Deloitte, um, quickly realized that that was not the life for me. Um, and I remember sitting on my computer and, uh, Googling, this is back, way back in the day, um, for Instagram, for all that stuff, just searching for, different ways to make money and I eventually stumbled across internet marketing back when it was all pop up ads banners you know that was like the only thing going on back then and uh just kind of like everything in life you know started kind of stumbling forward uh eventually fell into seo which is um been a a a great base for me and my skill set um started taking out some clients over time uh, ended up selling that initial agency. And then from there, I was able to kind of grow and expand my portfolio. And uh, what I really do best is marketing strategies and service-based businesses. Um, I've done software. Actually, I Actually, have a software company, too, that kind of rolls up into one of my companies. But what I really enjoy doing is strategy, service-based businesses, consulting, agency stuff. It's kind of my bread and butter. Uh, like I said, I've run other types of business models, but I always end up back here for a number of reasons, which I'm sure sure that we can get into. but um, but yeah, i'm I'm looking forward to having a conversation
0: I love like I love talking with marketers because I'm a marketer at heart at, at heart. I love sales. I love marketing, but the whole the whole aspect of it. go back. I want to know when you started at Google, I mean, marketing has had the evolution of it's changed so much. I mean, it has been high level to now where it's it's very granular so go back I want to know like when you first started in the industry was it 13 years ago back to what was that like (laughs) of banner ads and and just the simplicity of it what would you say back then yeah it was a lot easier it was a lot harder back then because it was also a lot easier so it's
1: a double-edged sword I guess it was a lot harder because the access to information wasn't there right in today's world actually ironically have a friend of mine that i grew up with that was texting me today and asking me about how he really wants to start a business he wants to go into all this stuff and i'm like just google it dude like like figure it out it's all out there you know what i'm saying like the, there's books there's youtube there's podcasts there's so much information now for you to learn and get started um the flip side of that coin is that it's very competitive now it's very very saturated and like he wants to get in affiliate marketing i was like don't waste your time you're not gonna make any money it's just too saturated now back then though it was the opposite. It was kind of the Wild West. There was a lot of opportunity because if you wanted to do it, you either had to figure it out yourself or you had to get very lucky in finding somebody who'd be willing to mentor you. And back then people weren't really willing to do that because it was you were making so much money off of very simple things that it was people weren't really trying to do that. Um so back when i first got started this is really before this is like the infancy of seo where like google was just starting to really turn into a real usable product that people reason to find information on the internet um and it was very very easy to rank it was very very easy to get this ability there was a few simple things that you had to do but again there wasn't like a youtube video they you wash on it uh i remember sitting in a cafe and I was working on something and was talking on the phone to somebody and somebody overheard me and we just started talking about SEO and we started like partnering up and working on stuff together and we learned so much from each other. Um, but the first thing that I did actually before I got into SEO was, was like pre-influencer marketing on Instagram. So this is pre Instagram was even bought by Facebook. And I remember I was just out of college at that time. And I was like, people aren't using Facebook anymore. Like people are using this app, Instagram. And this is back when it was like basically just photos with filters. That was it. And it was siphoning a lot of attention and users off of Facebook and on Instagram. And I was like, there, there's something here. And this is before ads, business profiles, anything. So I ended up again, just, just like anything in life. I think when you put in the action, I think the universe, God, whatever you want to classify it as puts you in a position to, um, to be successful in a sense right at least have the opportunity have a door open so it's going down that path i started going to meetups uh networking events and met some other people that were kind of doing the same thing and I ended up partnering with this kid who had a bunch of big influencer this is like pre-influencer pre-meme pages but like big pages that just got a lot of attention and we tried to start a business where we we're selling basically ads on those two businesses but businesses were like one why would I want to advertise on this page? And two, I don't even know what Instagram is. Like, We don't believe in the internet. So through that, I started learning more. I started learning about SEO and again, just kind of snowballed everything, just kind of sailed forward from there, if you will, and into, into some bigger projects. But back then it was very different because businesses, like I said, didn't fully believe in the internet. They thought it was a fad, kind of like what you see maybe with like crypto or web three or NFT stuff like that, right? Businesses were hesitant to take money off of what they were doing and put it into these channels. Um and it was much less competitive. So it was much easier to get results. And like you could really get explosive results back then, uh, which you just don't see anymore today. But um, you know, just like everything in life, just it's just like real estate, right? Like you look back and it's like, damn, I wish I would have done more back then, but everything is hindsight's always twenty twenty. So uh, it was fun back then, but it was definitely a lot less structure, a lot less information, and you really didn't know what you were doing because this thing hadn't even the internet hadn't really fully matured at that time either, so.
0: That's, no, I love, like, going back all the way, but, I mean, even so, it's funny, I can go back to on the Instagram where <laughs> I, I've seen, I saw my first three or four posts, and now looking back, my my, my wife and I we use instagram solely for for business and it is it's a it's a revenue source for us and to see the evolution of that have gone back to my first post and it was just like no one knew no I, no one knew and i think it's like what's happening right now with web 3.0 and with ai and with all these tools that are coming out and some businesses that are maybe reluctant to adapt I mean it's it's here to stay. And I know you've you've seen the evolution of it. Um and I, I think that it's here to stay. I mean what I mean what would you say maybe to those individuals that are reluctant to maybe move forward with the new iteration of stuff that's coming out there and you've been through the business cycles? I mean, what would you say? So give me an example. Would you say like AI like, or chat GPT? Yeah, AI, chat GPT, crypto, NFTs. I mean, what sure. would you say to that? I know that's not really your space, but what would you say to that? No, thing? I mean it is and it isn't, right?
1: Because like, I, I part of part of what I tell my clients all the time is that I'm channel agnostic. I don't I don't care about Instagram. I actually low key like want Google to get blown up because when that happens, it's gonna create so much chaos from all these businesses that have messes in so much that they're gonna be looking to invest in other places. Um and, keep their customer acquisition on track but like google as a product this is just a sidebar in my opinion is going down right um and there's a lot of opportunity to be had there some people want to go down on the on the burning on the shit but people like myself or I, I don't care about channel i care about revenue i care about getting my customers more customers so to me i'm always keeping in tune to new acquisition channels. I would say AI is not an acquisition channel. It's much more of a operational efficiency product, right? So like we use AI in our business every day. Um, we've basically used it to completely really overhaul how we're doing things like social media graphics, graphics for ads. Um, a lot of content writing is also now being done by AI for us, for us under a close watch of our content team. Uh, but we're using it to speed up workflows uh, and basically get more done Build more profit centers into our business i wouldn't use ai right now to completely automate workflows it's still and i think we'll always really need a human but what it is doing is it's kind of rolling up jobs from the bottom up um to people who can oversee it and make sure that you're still getting the same quality but just increasing production things like nfts crypto i think they have that their i think they have their place in this world and i think that just like everything in today's modern world it has a big boom us because human beings are lemmings and they're just going to jump on any train that they think will make them money it's just the 1800 gold rush all over again but with a lot more eyeballs and a lot more less barriers of entry like you didn't have to travel across the country to go find gold you just have to hit a few buttons on your cell phone that's basically attached to your hip at all times. so we're seeing a big boom in this technology and these a lot of attention but then a fall off because i think that they're not fully developed and the products are quite there yet from a business use case point of view, but I think that they will be, I think crypto is going to have its place. I think web three will have its place. I think AI will have its place. Um, but for me and what I do, you know, to, to, I guess to borrow a from Gary Vee, it's just all about attention. Like what, where, where are, where are your customers paying attention? Um, and how are they spending their time there? What type of content are they looking at? What type of actions are they taking? And then understanding what those actions are in the proper relationship too, right? So like, TikTok is an emerging platform over the last two years that's garnered a lot of attention. I mainly do B2B. Um, uh, So in the B2B space, I don't find a lot of value in TikTok because as a TikTok user myself, it's much better for direct consumer type plays, e-commerce, maybe some software or information type plays, but it's a really good platform for uh, direct consumer plays, not for B2B. So with my clients, I'm keeping them on LinkedIn, I'm keeping them on search engines, uh, and I'm, keeping them on YouTube, like for some form of long form content creation. So it really depends. The platform depends on the business. It depends on the customers. It depends on a lot of things. Right. But I think the the main point here is that there's plenty of opportunity out there. Um, and you know, I, I wouldn't push all into new platforms. You just have to really understand how your customers are using it, uh, and how it fits into, you know, your overall marketing system.
0: God, Ryan, like I, whoever's listening to this right now, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, rewind rewind what he just had to say, because I think it can't be stated enough that understanding where your customer base is, because much like you, we get people that come to us and are like, well, I want to go and be on TikTok. And I'm like, your customer isn't on TikTok. Why are you spending? It doesn't matter if it goes viral. Like, What does it matter if it goes viral on TikTok? And I think that's so important is is understanding where your customer base is especially in the B2B uh in the in the B2B realm I think that's brilliant What's you you said something and I don't want to gloss over it because I want to get your opinion on Google you said Google's going down and people want to ride that down why you've been in this industry for a long time you understand it what what's what do you have to say about Google so
1: I um... have when I said people are going down with it, I, I'm I'm looking like at an SEO by trade. A lot of people will still peg me as an SEO as much as it kind of bothers me a little bit because SEO is 1% of what I do for marketing, but it's fine. It's just, it's a very big, very vibrant industry. And in my opinion, so like when I got into it, it was people like me and you that are like, I'm here to make money, right? Like I don't, this isn't a professional services, which it has become now like SEO, in, like all of marketing really has now caught up especially digital, like now they're teaching it in college. I used to say years ago, like you can't learn this stuff in college. Like now they teach this stuff in college, right? Even though that information cycle is a little too slow to actually learn it there. You can provide a base, learn about it, and then go learn about it in the real world. So to me, a lot of these industries have become commoditized because of the fact that they are now generally accepted by businesses and like businesses are building. SEO into their, not only into their budget, but for in-house employees to actually hire in-house SEOs so what's happened with SEO over the last 10 years, it's become very, it's become professional services as opposed to a money-making opportunity that it used to be when I first got into it. So I think when that happens, right, there's something I say a lot is that, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but like the world needs employees. The capitalist, Capitalist economies need employees in this. Not everyone can be an entrepreneur, not everyone can be a business owner, and that's not a a, a knock at all, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just the way that the system is set up. So, I think that a lot of people that are not entrepreneurs, like maybe myself and the people listening to this, that got into it because they wanted a steady income. It pays well. It's online. It's dynamic. It's remote. All these different things. They, when you invest that much time and energy something, imagine you go to school and become a doctor, and then ten years later have some be like, yeah, the, we don't practice this type of medicine anymore. Like that's essentially, I think, what's happening with a lot of these industries especially SEO, because a lot of people have been in this for five, 10 years and they're like, SEO is what I do. It's all I know how to do And SEO is also very different than other types of marketing. It's like left, brain, right, right, brain. right. And like, if you look at maybe social, it's a little bit more content or advertising, it's a little bit more creative, right? you got to understand copywriting, you got to understand, um, psychological triggers. SEO is a lot more technical, right? It's a lot more black and white. So I think that inherently the type of people that have gravitated towards that type of profession are now like, Again, their, their, their entire life is kind of planted inside of Google. And because of that, like they have their blinders on about the change that's happening. So when I said that, I think Google's going downhill. I think that we can all understand, like I was myself first before marketer, before business owner before anything else as a consumer, right? I use Google every day and in my opinion. The results that Google ever eroded. And especially as an SEO, I know how and why those websites are there. And I know that they're not the best results. <laughs> it's just been gained by people like myself over the years. And it's eroded the product, right? And like Google's one main job is to provide accurate, fast search results. That's their entire ethos. Because if they can do that, people will keep coming back. And if people keep coming back, then they can sell ads. And that's how they make 99% of their money selling ads. So if their product goes down, which I think that it is, and they're constantly scrambling to add new products inside of search, like there's all these different things happening inside of search. Those are new products that they're testing to see if users like them, if they engage with them, if it becomes a better search experience. And essentially what's happening is that a lot of these products that that are introducing is essentially removing the website from the search results. And the reason being is because users don't necessarily want to have to click on and go to 10 different websites to find out what they want. They just want the information that they're looking for. Right, So a lot of Google's adjustments, especially what they're doing with AI and SGE is essentially removing the website. from It's pulling information into the SERPs, people allowing them to get their information, and then not eventually clicking. So a lot of SEOs measure success based on impressions, traffic, and ultimately conversions. And that's been going downhill very silently. And a lot of SEOs don't want to admit this. They don't want to admit the fact that SEO is becoming less of an important in the marketing ecosystem, which it just is. You know, there's certain business types that, uh, it just doesn't make sense at all to do SEO, right? Like to me, and a lot of people will fly me the death on this. Like if I'm a software company, I'm investing no money into SEO. The reason being is if you go to Google and you type in, like if I'm, if I, if I built a CRM, for example, right. And I know this because I have a software company that I run and we don't do SEO at all. Uh, so I'll give you our example. So we run a, a tool. It's, it's, it's a traffic projection of forecasting tool, ironically for search marketing. In, in, and yeah, I know, right. Um, <laughs> and this is also why I'm so in touch with this because we build forecasts and I see those forecasts changing in the amount, amount of traffic that's going through Google to websites is, is depleting, right? And it, so I kind of see this data firsthand too. And the whole point is, is that like people don't, like I coach a lot of agencies and consultants and I tell them like, your one goal is to make your clients money. And you have to be brutally honest with yourself. If the service that you're providing is not the best way for them to make money right now, then you're always going to be pushing a boulder uphill with your business, period, right? So if you're trying to sell search marketing to a software company, inherently, they're never going to get the best results possible from that, and you're always going to be churning through clients, and you're going to be blaming the clients instead of looking in the mirror and being like, maybe what we're doing isn't the best thing for our clients anymore, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I was saying in terms of like this whole macro conversation about, and I'm not saying that SEO isn't important. I run an SEO agency, but we work with law firms. So the contrast of thats that is that the result of our service always ends up or more than likely ends up in a, in a phone call or a conversion, which is what law firms want. If you go to Google and like people still use Google to find law firms, they go and they type in accident attorney near me, right? They see the results, they click, they call that our clients make money. We make money. It's a good relationship. Now, again, if you contrast that with software, are people going to Google and typing in CRM software and then clicking and converting? They're not really right. What's actually happening is that they're discovering software on LinkedIn, on Twitter, people talking about it, hearing it on podcast, um, you know, through all these different kinds of ecosystems, and then they're going to search, to search for that or to search kind of at the very bottom of the funnel. So a lot of that kind of, a lot of that funnel has been removed and put elsewhere. And that's kind of what I'm referring to is that like my job, and I learned this through this process is not to be like, I'm an SEO and that's what I do. It's I'm a customer acquisition specialist for a certain type of business. And I'm putting my customer at the forefront, not Google. That's why I said, I hope Google blows up because when it does, all these SEOs are going to be like, oh my God, what are do I doing?" I'm going to be like, I know what to do because I don't care about Google. I don't work for Google. I work for my clients and I'm here to make them money and I'm always going to put their best interest first. Not what Google does. I can give a shit about what Google does. I don't care what Google does. I use Google because right now it's an effective method for media clients for law firms. But if Google blows up tomorrow, please believe, like, I'm going to be the first one who's figuring out the next best thing because now I'm at the forefront of the next gold rush and the next big offer that I can then, you know, lead the charge. with. So again, that's a whole can of worms. I'm sure a lot of SEOs that they listen to are going to be commenting negatively on this because they don't want to hear it, but it's a fact. It's just yeah. Google is not what it once wasn't. Dang.
0: I, man, I just, I have such a, like, a, a, a true sense of value for people that help customers and they're not. Google agnostic. So it's not like well, that's all we do and we're going to get you so many results and this is why. So what's interesting, and I want you to maybe share this because this is kind of sounds like your lane. I was, I'm in a mastermind group where I live at and oddly enough, there are three or four young individuals that are influencers either on TikTok, Instagram, or Snapchat. And there's always a networking component of it. And we got to, to talking and I was talking to him about his generation. And he made a comment. one of these guys made a comment to me. He's a TikTok influencer. And he was like, man, he goes, I don't, our generation doesn't go to Google to search for anything anymore. He was like, we go to TikTok and Instagram. And I'm like, whoa. So, I mean, comment on that. What are your thoughts on that, uh, of that generation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Again, I think, I think it heavily depends on the search, right? Like you're not going to go to TikTok or Instagram, look for a law firm because I mean, one, the intent, but also like the content that those platforms will provide is not going to be sufficient enough as a consumer to make a decision. Now, my wife is nine months pregnant, about to give birth. So over the last nine months, I've never cooked before in my life, but to help out with her and make sure that she's eating good food, I've, I've picked up cooking to, to help out. And um, Google is the worst place in the whole world to look for recipes. It is a nightmare. Like it, the, the, That's like a perfect example of how SEOs have ruined Google because what they've done is they flooded the results with super long four pieces of content with a ton of ads. The results are terrible so like but you go to TikTok and you're like or chat gpt i use a lot now too i'm like hey i have chicken breast and salt like give me a recipe that i can make and it's amazing right so the, the, i think the larger macro conversation when it comes to search and this is how i look at it too i actually wrote an article in 2015 on mods it was probably the the, the most viral piece of content I've ever made and it talked about how seos need to stop focusing on google and start focusing on search holistically which means people inherently are always going to be searching for stuff but the platform that they use is going to depend on what they're looking for so it's like it's like a fractured environment now right and that's a perfect example of my wife uses tiktok to search for stuff all the time right like when we're looking for a restaurant she doesn't go to google she doesn't want to read a timeout article about 10 paid for like those are all paid listings we all know that now like they're garbage and this what i'm talking about too is that like the google's product has not kept up with how people actually want to consume information. There's only so much that they can do in a sense, like they can't become TikTok. Um, but TikTok is better because you get people who are going to the restaurant and like showing the food and showing the vibe. And like, you know, and it's very quick to go through that and see 10 different new restaurants in Miami on TikTok that you can see and hear and feel. And, you know, um, recipes are good. One travels another really good one that we use TikTok for, right? Like we went to Europe for a month and a half this summer, kind of as like our last trip before the, the, the kids come. And, uh, you know, we were over there, we were like, we stayed in Switzerland for three weeks, highly recommended, by the way, amazing country. And we were on TikTok finding like stuff to do in the summertime and blah, 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 and all this different stuff. Right. Like I would never use Google for a lot of that stuff. So I totally agree with that sentiment. However, again, this, and this is uh, like what marketers need to understand is that Google's not going to, I'm not saying Google's dying, right. By any means, like Google's a giant, they're always going to be there but like understanding in your specific industry, right? Whoever you're working for working with or whatever your business done, you need to understand how people are using these different platforms. So again, lawyer examples, people are, I don't have to worry about TikTok or Instagram or any social media platforms because they're just not using it to find lawyers. They're just, they're just not right. They might a little bit, but again, I'm focused on that one thing, the best thing for lawyers to get them clients and customers now. If I'm working with, I do have a, I also have a fractional CMO company. I'm working with a cannabis company and they've also spun off their own product line because they're a huge brand selling apparel, selling stuff like that. And there's been a big push for me to like TikTok. They're already on Instagram, YouTube, these different platforms to kind of get that information out through those channels. Right. And then use a combination of that and some other stuff to, to get the visibility there. And there's no emphasis on search there at all. So, but then again, too, just to caveat that, like people are still going to use search to find them at the bottom of the funnel, right? So like, there's just a difference between like top funnel searches, mid funnel searches. People are going to Google at a lot of these industries. Like for example, I, I pick on e-commerce and SaaS a lot when it comes to SEO, because like, you can't just put a blanket, like if you, if you sell sneakers, for example, or jeans, right? Like you're just, you're not going to out-compete. Yeah, and Banana Republic, all those big brands for like the keyword jeans, right? And even if you do like search variations, it's too competitive. And it's also not how people are searching. Like people generally don't go to Google and type in jeans and then buy jeans, right? It's like a whole, it's a whole search pattern that people are using. And then refining searches. Most of the time people are going to Google to complete the search, right? They're like gap 32 by 31 black jeans. <laughs> and then they're buying through that. And then marketers are saying, oh no, wait, our data is showing that people are still going to Google and buying. It's like, yeah, because. You're not segmenting that by like the fact that they already completed everything. They're just using Google to find the exact product that they want. So it's really, really important. Again, that you don't have to know anything about analytics. You just have to be like a human being and be like, how do people like, if I'm going through this process and like you talk to customers, what, how are they finding us? And like, what does that decision process look like? And then how are they completing searches? Where are they starting searches? Right. All these things, is what you need to put into put to account here, because the other thing that I think is important in it. Kind of a separate topic but like you can't just have one channel and it's not even like a singular acquisition channel it's the fact that like you can be the best in the world at advertising my company's really good at advertising but like we and we run 70 percent of our leads are attributed to ads in some form meta ads in some form right but at the same time like the ads go up and down in their cycles like because offers burn out creative burns out so like there's times and right now because i just had a conversation with a media buyer today that like we're in a we're in a valley right like leads have dried up that means we need to change campaigns we just switch them up and so like we're now i'm working with my content team because i'm like we need to raise our floor right in terms of everything else like we can't have these 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 valleys of no leads because our sales team is looking at us and they need leads so we're putting uh we're like putting the final touches on a book that we're going to put on amazon we're going to promote And we're just going to let that kind of reach itself out organically and raise the floor. So we'll always have a certain level of kind of attention in the market. And then the ads now become much more targeted and strategic where we can say we can use them in a much more effective manner than opposed to just being like, hey, leads are up. Let's get some new ads live. It's just it's 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 a whole different thing. So, like, again, it's an ecosystem. It's not a single channel. It's not a singular focus. Like, you've got to understand so much about what you're doing. This is also why agencies struggle too, because agencies can't really go deep enough with businesses to have an impact. Like if you just do SEO, you got to be working with the right company who like, it's the right, like SEO is a good fit. They have the right cash flow cycles. Like they're doing other things to maintain revenue. Cause if you're just going in and doing SEO for a company and they're looking at you and they're like, yo, where's our revenue? It's like, well, <laughs> not really the way this works. Right. So like, it's really hard for agencies to have that much of a, a total cross impact. And it's just, it's a lot in the, like this. Is what I was saying in the beginning too, like it's, it's like, there's so much information available, but like, it's gotten so much harder because it's so competitive and there's so much noise and there's so many things that you could be doing. You have to have a deep understanding of the business that you're working for. Uh, if you're really going to have an impact in today's market, today's climate.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Honestly. I mean, I mean, listeners, if you're listening to this, like the, the thoughts that Ryan has with the customer base, And I I fully endorse because A, not knowing your customer is, it's not an option. Like nowadays, you have to know your customers. You have to know their channels. You have to know how people are searching. And it's funny, you gave an example about Google. So over the Christmas holiday, my, my wife wanted a new pan. And so she follows this person on Instagram and this person promoted this one type of cooking pan. So I go to that Instagram and I figure out what that pan is. I take that then information and go to Google and I finish my purchase. And that's, it's so true. I mean, and it's, it just, it totally makes sense. It makes people think, and and the agencies out there, Ryan, I mean, they're, let's call a spade a spade. There's a lot of marketing agencies out there right now. And they're, they're promoting all this type of stuff. You can Google it. And they're, they're, they're a dime a dozen right now, in your opinion, Who's going to succeed and who's not going? That who's not going to succeed. Define a succeeding marketing agency and one that's going to fall flat.
1: Yeah, great question. So this is a quick plug for my company, The Blueprint Training. This is like essentially what we are. are, We have a five pillar approach. I'll just kind of give you the 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 first three because I think that's the most important. I've been in the agency space, like I said, pretty much my entire adult life. I've worked with agencies. It's what I really really enjoy doing. I love marketing. But I love, I, I, instead of working with a client, I love, I love working with agencies because we we talk speak the same language. We go through the same problems. Running an agency is a very unique business model um, and it's not stagnant by any means, right? So the, to, if I could boil, I'll just boil it down to one thing. The most important thing for me is this concept that I have to call market offer fit, right? If So like market is the concept of specializing, working with a singular type of business. If you are not doing that, Because I just spoke about this, right? I was talking about how much information you need on that business type to really get them results. At the end of the day, like you never need, can't forget, like the role of the agency is to make, is to get more customers, period. Somewhere along the line, as this became a much more professional services, like I'm not picking on content writing by any means, but like things like content writing, they're a necessary part. Um, the journey. But like, if you're trying to build a business off the back of just content writing, you're not impacting somebody's top line. You're a commodity. You're always in a race to the bottom in pricing. You're the first thing to go when budgets get slashed. When the economy takes a dump, you're getting cut, right? Because you're not impacting business, right? And that's also when you keep in mind like a funnel, right? You're only going to be the only market that you're going to be selling to are the companies that are like, we need content writing. Like, and how many companies out there have already identified that as what they need budgeted? It's very, very small, right? So you've got to be able to attack at the problem level, right? So like us with law firms, our agency, Weberis, uh, we only work with law firms and we only work with a certain type of law firms too. Injury, accident, divorce. It sounds bad, but like in this country, like those are the those are the law firms that are like a for-profit business and they make a lot of money and they have the money to invest back into marketing. Um, and they also have a certain level of, client value that allows us to come in as an agency and live in the margin as opposed to being priced into a budget because like i said you're the first thing to go when budgets did slash. so understanding who the market is and only work with that market and building your entire business around that market is critical it's just it's too saturated with agencies we got into this position over the last five years where anyone with an internet connection can go on youtube and learn about seo and start taking out clients It just it it, it Like, it's not a market that I want to compete in. So, like I said before, we don't have, like, we do search marketing. That's the other part of it offer, right? So the market is the who. And there's a couple of criteria that we teach very specifically inside the blueprint. Again, one of them is, uh, does the, like, is there purchasing power in this market, right? So, like, for example, if you want to work with gyms, it's tough like the amount of customers that you need to get for a gym to be, to make money is really, really high. Like we're talking about like 20, 20 plus new customers a month. And like, if that's the case, you can get somebody 20, like go start a gym <laughs> because you're going to be making a lot of money because if you can bring in 20 new customers a month at a gym, like you're going to be printing money. So it's really hard to do that. Number one. So the economics of what you're doing has to make sense. Otherwise you are be stuck charging a thousand bucks a month and doing way too much work for too little return for a business that you're not really impacting. Right, so that's one person power. Two, and this ties into offer: is does the result of my service result in a direct conversion? Right, so we go back to content writing. Like, it's an indirect conversion. Right, like content. Yes, is <laughs> like content can lead to conversions, but like, is that ultimately what you're selling? No, you're selling time for money. You're selling cost per content. You're selling content for five hundred dollars a page, whatever that looks like. Right. So, with search marketing, right, like. Again, this is why the industry is so important, because if you want to work with a gym, like does the result of a gym, like do people even use Google to find gyms? They don't, right? You could lie to yourself all day and tell you that they do, but they don't. For law firms, they do. For plastic surgeons, they do. For home supply contractors and HVAC, they do, right? So those are all good industries. If you're going to do search, But we'll talk about that in a second. So like you have to make sure, and this is why they go together. So that means the offer, aka the service you provide, like one is this the best and most effective way for this market to make money? If it's not scratched it off, you change the market or change the offer. Right. So that's why with us in law firms, right? Like we do SEO, but we also do paid search because when I, we really look at it. Like when we look at the legal industry, right? So if I'm a lawyer, I can post on social media all day. I can put up billboards all day, but like, does the result of that end up in a, in a conversion? Sometimes, but maybe not. Is that the best way? No, it's not. What's the best way? It's search. So that's why we specialize in search. It's not because I love search marketing. It's because that is the best way to meet that client need. Who's making ten thousand dollars plus every time we get them a new client. Which also means for our services, we charge an average of six to eight thousand dollars per month. If we can get them one new client a month, we're living in the margin. They're never going to. They're never going to question us that the business tanks, they're going to be like, we need this company (laughs) because they're providing us two new clients a month and we're making money off of them, period. So let's just leave them alone let them do their work. Right. Um, so all these things, when we boil it down, if you really want to have success as an agency, like this concept of market offer fit is the most important thing. And then we get into stuff like prioritization and and people and team and stuff like that. But if you don't have that, I call it the foundation of your house. Like If you try to build a house. On, on bamboo shoots in Florida, like your house is going to fall down. You can't build on top of that. It's just not going to scale. So like so many of these agencies get into it and they're like, yeah, I'm stuck at 50,000 a month or 200,000 a month because they get into this situation where they can't scale because they're not consistent with what the market needs. So they're not doing something that they're not making people money, right? Like boils down to that. Like you have to be making people money. If you're not making people money, you're not in the marketing business, you know, and it's a, a very difficult business to not want to be. So if i was going to boil it down to one thing this concept of market offer fit of specializing in the singular type of marketing building an offer specifically for them because once you do that too like we don't need to get into the nuances of our of our service but like our service is so hyper specialized in the conversations in the marketing and everything that we do is so hyper specialized to these type of law firms that like when i get on a, com- a call with them they're like oh, holy shit like i gotta work with this guy you know what i mean because i'm not like they don't ask me for references they don't ask me for past case studies because I'm talking to them about this, the specific problems that I know that they're already having. So I'm walking into these calls after doing this for two years and having hundreds of conversations with law firms and working with dozens of law firms. Like, I know what their problems are. I know what their pain points are. I know what the other are telling them. And I know how to like, just walk them through this process that it's not even selling, it's consulting. Right. And that's like another big part of what I do. I know you're big in sales. Like the sales model for agencies is not Wolf of Wall Street hundred, hundred dollars a day, you know, like sell me this pen. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking yeah. for somebody that knows what their problem is and has a solution for it and can communicate that effectively in a calm and confident way. Right. And if you aren't can grow with those other things that I talked about, you'll never get there. And like I said, running an agency to me, the reason why I always default back to this business model is because it's money in the bank. <laughs> if you have this a lot, if it's not, you're literally taking a boulder and you're pushing it uphill every single day every similar bit.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like you, and you said it early on in the episode and I think it's a good point, is putting yourself in the shoes of who you're selling to or who you're you're getting business from. I, I mean, it's almost, it sounds too easy to be honest. I mean, it's like if you're able to say, hey, this is where you should go, this is how your customers are going to do that and it's kind of like, well, this organization, this agency is just not trying to sell me a bill of goods. They truly understand where my client is, and how we're going to get customers, and it, it seems so simple, and it seems so easy. You know, when we talk to customers and we talk to clients, it's like, hey, business to business, like the business to business platform, LinkedIn. Let's let's call a state to state. That's where business is being done, and and I think that selling that or approaching people in that manner, it, it's it's too simple, but yet people try to make it hard.
1: I mean, it's so simple. I have a friend who. So Jim here and he is a classic and I sit with him once a month and just, talk. but like every time I talk to him, he's got a million new ideas. His brain is running a mile a minute. He's got, wants to make all these different changes. And I'm like, you're, you're instead of like, you need to strip this thing down and <laughs> you don't need to keep adding more stuff, making more complex, complex, changing offers. Like, what do you do Like you get people in shape, period. Like everything that you do here needs to be built around that concept in the simplest, most easy, like in competitive markets, like gyms, I'm in Miami, man, gym, uh, the gym market here, like it is competitive as hell. There are gyms on every single corner. It's one of the fittest, most vain cities in the world, probably. And it's, it's very, very competitive. And like, if people can't look at your gym or and like understand exactly what you do and how you're going to do it like that, you've already lost. You know there's actually a gym here it's called it's in LA and it's here it's called Bunda and like Bunda if you don't know is Brazilian for butt <laughs> and like it like you know like just hearing that word you know exactly what you did what they do and who it's for it's a class for women it's like a stairmaster based class with some lifting involved and it's like for women who want to like build their legs and their butt and like everything that they do from like their marketing to the name is built and catered towards that and it's simple it's pay per class it's like there's nothing it's like a no frills come in, get res- like it as a po- like, so the point is that you're right. Like in the hardest thing to do, honestly, like is simplify things. It's to strip them down to the core and understand what do we need to do with the least amount, right? It's Pareto's principle, but like we do this with our business all the time. So the next pillar of what I teach is all about productization. Prioritization is the concept of sh- taking something that's very complex and distilling it into a system that basically anybody can run. So when you look at the back end of our business, we're working with multi-million dollar law firms. But at the people that I have running it, I'm literally plucking off of Upwork. <laughs> uh, and that's because our systems are so tight that we've stripped away all the stuff that doesn't make sense. We stripped away all the stuff that does not keep the main thing the main thing, right? Which is results for our clients. If this action does not result in more clients directly for what we're doing, then we're not going to do it. Like we've we removed, Kata is a great example. Like, in the SEO space, there's this whole thing about content and why it's so important. But I'm like, we're spending 30% of our time and client budget to build all this content. For what? Like, it, do, it doesn't make them money. It doesn't drive phone calls. So we stopped doing it. <laughs> and we saved ourselves money. We were able to pass that savings on to our client. And now we've got an offer in the market that we've also now got a competitive pitching event because all these other agencies are pitching like, like 200 pieces of content. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. Like, I, like you just don't need to do it and like, it's going to waste your time and money and it's going to bog down your website and customers don't want to read it. Google doesn't want to see it. So like, we're just going to focus on things that are going to make more leads. Like that's the whole point of what we're doing. So it's really, really hard to strip down and simplify. It's the hardest thing to do in business because you've got so many ideas you want to do so much more, but like you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, that's the only thing that matters. And if it
0: doesn't directly drive towards that, then cut it, (laughs) you don't need to do it. Yeah. I feel like we could go for hours upon hours just because the evolution of marketing and working with customers, I feel like I've got story after story where I could tell you a story and be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go through that story because the mindset of us, you and I, but it's the exact same, like getting your customers. Hey, I, I will share this one thing. It's so funny, the evolution of the, some of these marketing agencies and working, let's say, with Instagram. You know, back in the day, it was like, hey, we're going to post on Instagram four to five times a week, and it's all these little photos that... They, it was just a, it wasn't doing anything other than they were just posting on their Instagram. And then all of a sudden they would, they would fire their agencies and then their agencies would be like, well, we were posting all this content. And it's like, well, yeah, it's the same content you were posting for the the other agency right down the road. It's the exact same thing. And you weren't doing anything. And I'm sure that that happens. It's happening very quickly as I'm seeing in the, especially in the real estate agent. That's exactly where it's happened to a lot is all these agencies that over-promised all this stuff and now they're completely gone. So I, I totally get that. What's uh okay. So you've again, fully endorsed everything you've said. I love what you have to say, the way you work with people. If, if there's individuals that are listening to this, they want to work with you in some silo. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Give the listeners what that is, how that is, how do they contact you?
1: Sure. I would say just check me out on YouTube. Just look for Ryan Stewart. I try to post a video a week about everything that we talked about. Um, the, the cheapest way to work with me is through the blueprint training. It's a community-based offer, Slack, trainings, templates. Um, if you're a marketer who wants to make money in being a consultant or an agency, everything I know that we just talked about it is inside of there. I've also got a book that I just wrote. It's on Amazon. It's called The Agency Blueprint. You can check that out. Um, literally talks a lot about what I said, but obviously in a book form. So I would say those ways. Um, I also do fractional CMO consulting if you are looking for something very hands-on um, and much more robust, then you can go to my personal website. It's rsc.llc. Just search ride store. and it should show up.
0: That's awesome. Ryan, thanks for your time. Congratulations on the the first child. I've got a two-year-old and so I'm on the, the, I'm in the beginning stages of a toddler stage. And so you're in for a wild ride. It's the best ride, but congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, make sure you go follow Ryan, go to his YouTube channel, check him out, shoot him a message. And uh, if you like this episode, make sure you share it and share it. And then also, like I say, on every episode, if you're on Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom. Five star rating five star review because well, we deserve it and we know that this is add value. So thanks so much, Ryan, and we'll see you next time on the Equip podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Equip Podcast. Do me a favor. Go to Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Better yet, share this with someone that you think it would add value to. And if you think you would be a good guest on the Equipped podcast, shoot me an email at lane at goprospect.com. That's L-A-N-E at G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X dot. Until next time, see you guys.